Welcome back to The Changeup. We are back with another episode. We have all three of us back in the Zoom call today. Owen Holmgren, Taylor West, and Teddy Conover is back from his boat trip. Teddy, how was the boat? Um, it was good, you know, uh, but I, I miss being here with you guys. Um, hopefully you guys had a good podcast last week. Was it nice, nice and productive and uh, insightful? It was productive. It was our, one of our first ever, it wasn't our first ever, one of our few two-man podcasts that we've had over here at Houndbook Sports, but it's good to have you back. Um, and today we've got a lot of suspensions to talk about. We've got suspensions left and right. Everybody's getting suspended. Uh, the most notable one from this past weekend was the athletics. Was it in Oakland? I think it was in Oakland. The Astros went to Oakland. And Ramon Laureano got beaned three times, twice by the same pitcher, I believe. It was Castellanos. I don't really know who that is. But he got beaned three times after the third one. He wasn't so happy about it. It was John, John back and forth with the pitcher. And as he got to first base, the Astros hitting coach, Alex Cintrone, had some choice words for him. Uh, Ramon said that Cintrone said something about his mother, which kind of pushed him, pushed him over the edge. And then Loriano went into a full charge into the Astros dugout. Now the suspensions, Ramon got uh, six games. I think it was six games for obviously fighting someone and breaking the COVID-19 policies, which I think was the big problem that the MLB had with that. And then Cintrone got 20, 20 game suspension for Alex Cintrone. Probably one of the largest suspensions I've seen that's not steroid related. Um, so, so Ted, I got a question for you. Do you think that these two suspensions are the fair, correct amount of games? Well, look, are we really expecting a lot from Rob, Rob Manfred here? <laughs> He's not one known to make like the best decisions in the world. Um, and just his handling of the Astros in general has been pretty poor. Uh, but I mean, can my, my thought keeps coming back to like, can you imagine if the Astros had to play 81 away games this year and just how, how many more issues like this they would have? I mean, they're clearly a pretty hot-headed team already if your hitting coach is, is doing this kind of shenanigans um, but like if you had fans to deal with at half your games and like especially at you know Yankees games Dodgers games and stuff like that it wouldn't be just Joe Kelly and you know Loriano that you had to deal with and so. they they got lucky with the scheduling they weren't supposed to play the Dodgers at all this year and then they kind of got oh, forced right. to with the whole rescheduling and yep. the whole you know Joe Kelly incident and yep. that's – I don't know how many more times they play them, but it's not going to look – they, they, they definitely got really lucky with it. Um, <clears throat> but I don't think people will forget. If we're back in stadiums by next season, um, I like to be an optimist. Oh, yeah. So if we're back in stadiums by next season, you know, they're still going to get booed. There's still going to be a lot of bang, banging. It's going to be all that. And it's just going to be – you know, it's going to be bad. Wait, so would, would is the start of next season, let's say, like eight months from now, if it's mm -hmm. August 13th? Yeah, so... Like, like Mid-February would be the start of spring training and all that. Yeah, so eight months until, like, the, the season starts with, you know, hopefully fans. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that people don't forget that quickly. I mean, people are definitely going to be uh, mm -hmm. pretty angry with the Astros, as they should be. Um, but, Owen, any thoughts on this? Well, I would say just going back, uh, since we're kind of on the topic of the Astros and Joe Kelly, they just announced his suspension was reduced to five games. And I'm very happy about that because my argument was Ramon Laureano knowingly 
broke every COVID-19 protocol you could break. He sprinted straight. Both teams, uh, their whole dugouts were out there. I think the bullpens were out there. There was just a complete mashing of two teams, which is obviously very illegal in the situation that we're in right now. So he got six games for that. And then Kelly got eight games for almost hitting someone. That, that was the big problem that I had. So I'm very thankful that Joe Kelly got reduced to five because him having a longer suspension than Laureano just really didn't make any sense to me at all. I mean, yeah, I think Laureano, but uh, yeah, he definitely deserves to be suspended for what he did. But they were clearly throwing at him. They were clearly when you get hit three times in a game, yeah. it's usually well, the last not accidental. Darden um, was the last one was a slider from I th- again, I think his name is Cassianos. I don't even know the pitcher, so I don't know how good he is, but it was a slider and that's where Marone was like sticking his hand out. He's like, Hey, you gotta you gotta snap your wrist, you gotta break it off, like trying to give him mm-hmm. advice. Um but yeah, I mean I can understand why he was he was frustrated. I mean but he, could, guy, he could have charged the pitcher, which would have been a whole that would have been even worse. But the Centrone thing, like, that's not even – like, that doesn't really hurt the Astros much at all. Like, you can go without a hitting coach for, for 20 games, right? Maybe not Altuve. Altuve's hitting, like, a buck 50 right now. There, yeah, can, Bregman's not hitting well either. No, none of them are. Altuve is having a total breakdown on the it's field he, uh, everywhere. He's just – he's falling apart. Um, but, yeah, Centrone, losing Centrone for 20 games isn't going to kill you especially when, you know, you're as good as the Astros should be. Um, well, we don't really know how good the Astros are. I think yeah. we're going to see that this year. Um, I mean, there was, I don't know if you saw Zach Granke yesterday was – Calling his pitches. They were calling, he was calling the pitches out loud. He was, he was literally yelling, like, is that second sign after two. That was awesome. With Granke. Brandon Crawford standing on second base. Like, he was giving them the signs. Uh, all the people who know Granky seem to love him, and just like they—they, they, I, I saw someone call him yesterday like a baseball savant. He's yeah, just, he's, he's a weird dude. So well, and like he's obviously a hell of a pitcher, but like even more than that, he just really, uh, you know, loves I guess messing with other people. <laughs> I mean, quite among MLB, there's like oh, yeah, man. in between innings of his last start, he wasn't even sitting in the dugout. He was sitting in the stands. During one of his starts, he was sitting alone, like the fifth row of the stands. He's just—he's just a really—he's one of the weirdest guys you can. He's you one can of the best characters. Professional sport, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And talking more about pitching, uh, this just came to mind, and I really wanted to talk about it before I forget. Um, is umpiring in baseball right now? Um, I watched the Oriole game last night, and it was—it was—it was horrible. Ramon De Jesus had one of the worst showings as an umpire I've ever seen just calling balls and strikes. Do you think there's any way um, that we could see electronic umpiring soon? Because I can tell you one thing last night, even though Chan Cisco was doing a horrible job framing pitches, which is a huge part of being a catcher. It's, it, it was a little bit ridiculous last night. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in minor leagues, they have experimented with, with, you know, electronic umpires. Um, 
but you have your your old heads who like the character of baseball and umpiring and mistakes like i i remember a teacher i, I can i can agree with that i i, I kind of like that but you know it, it gets a little bit much at sometimes yeah, right it, it, it's this this point i'm saying is completely incorrect but i have heard people say you know like it's great that Armando Galarraga's perfect game was completely ruined by an umpire <laughs> like that because it like shows the character of the umpire or something, which is just completely just complete nonsense. Like it doesn't make any sense. Um, I mean, the Orioles catchers right now are definitely not doing them the, the pitchers any favors. At, we need Adley pretty badly back there. But regardless, it's like is electronic umpiring definitely better like what's what's the zone you right. know is that gonna, really gonna vary it, it, it has, has to vary because you, you, you guys like guy. you can but look sure no farther than the orioles when you have chris davis who has a four foot strike zone he stands straight up and he's six five and uh andrew velasquez who's just like on his knees um and <laughs> i'm sure it, they have the technology for it it's just I think for the hitters, it, the hitters are probably pretty split between this because, or the, the, the players, because they, having a bad umpire call you out on a strike three looking, you have an excuse to, to yell at somebody. But if it's a robot, you kind of have to accept the fact that you're bad and you just took strike three looking. So I feel like I, I would rather have real umpires i mean the galarraga incident will never ever happen again now that we have yeah yeah we've replayed replay. thank god because that was terrible and it still hurts me to this day watching that clip um but yeah i, I mean definitely i think there will be a point in the future where we do just because manfred you know manfred likes to do manfred things and he seems to be in love with and they do need to speed up the game and and i'm sure that'll be a way to help because you got no one to argue with but I think I think that's the direction that we're we're certainly moving in. Yeah. So in, in a uh, a new light. Oh, and I know you wanted to talk about this, Mike Trout. Uh, I, you know, I'm seeing in his recent series against the the, uh, the A's, uh, six hits and three home runs in a three game stretch. Uh, the, the man is really catching fire. Well, so here's the I, I put on our little document here, Mike Trout in the league of his own, because a couple a couple podcasts ago, I felt like I should have clarified. Um, I said that Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, and Christian Yelich were the three guys, and then everybody else was a tier or something below them. You said Bellinger was close. I said Bellinger was close, yes. Um, he just needs to be – he's off to a rough start this year too. But Trout, I would like to apologize because the way I should have stated that was everybody, and then Mookie Betts, and then Christian Yelich, and then all the way up there is Mike Trout because he – in the past nine games, he's hit seven home runs. Ever since he's had his child, he's had that, you know, people have been saying he has the father power or whatever it is. He is on, I don't even, there's not many words you can use to describe him because he's, he's just Mike Trout. I mean, he's certainly climbing up my list of the greatest players of all time day by day. So I, I just wanted to throw that out there that he is on a tear right now. And he is, yeah. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, uh, the uh, the hot hitters list that you put down, Charlie Blackman is someone I was looking to talk about. I mean, how do you have a 472 average? I, I like, and he's he's playing every game. It's not like he's you know in the lineup for occasions. He's playing every game. Uh, he's 25 of 46 right now, which is pretty absurd. And uh, the uh, 
Rockies also have another top five in uh, in batting average. I think um, so. They're really they're yeah. Really well, it was yeah. the reason I want to talk about Charlie Blackman was a couple days ago or before last game. He went over four last game. Before that game started, he was thirty four for sixty eight and he was hitting five hundred through sixty eight plate appearances. And I have a little list here on my phone of players to hit five hundred through the team's first seventeen games. And here's the list. Charlie Blackman, Stan Musial, Hank Aaron, Larry Walker, and Barry Bonds. So, and people, you know, people will say, oh, it's only a 60-game season. I don't care. For the first 17 games, if you're hitting 500, no matter how many games are in the season, that is historic, as you see from that list. I mean, that's yeah, a list. Yeah, I mean, and, and Daniel Murphy, top five batting average. That's who I was looking for before. So the Rockies are yeah, shocking right now. They, they certainly are. One of the things I wanted to look at was, uh, Owen, you have been kind of nailing some of your uh, preseason picks because uh, AL Cy Young, you had Shane Bieber, who's really doing well. Yeah, no, Bieber's having himself a year. I mean, I think a lot of people saw that coming because um, uh, he's kind of – he's the front man of a very, very, very good rotation in, in Cleveland because they have – him, Clevenger, Carrasco, Plezak, they have everybody. And Bieber's that Bieber's that uh, Bieber's their number one guy. You know, he won um, he won the All Star Game MVP last year in in Cleveland. And he's off to he's off to the only pitcher that you could really argue is off to a better start than Bieber is Sonny Gray, and I wouldn't even argue that. I mean, Bieber has been well, yeah. So Shane Bieber's like number one uh, in wins strikeouts so also the reds have three of the top five pitch like strikeouts with sonny gray uh trevor bauer and luis castillo yeah so. that's what taylor and i were talking about last week was those the reds and the indians i mean they're we said we were talking about the playoffs nobody i don't think anybody's going to beat those guys in a three-game series because they've got three really solid options to start those first three games you, you can you can talk about the reds all you want you know, they have great players, but they're 8-10 and 10 right now. So, yeah, like, there's real no guarantee that they're going to make it there. And they're not like – they're not like – they started off 1-4, and four and they weren't winning the games where Sonny Gray was throwing a seven-inning shutout and Trevor Bauer was doing the same thing and Luis Castillo. So they really needed – those three guys, they need to win those games when they pitch because those games are so important to them because the other the back end of this rotation, I don't even know who's starting in the back end of the rotation. Oh, and one thing I am curious about, how is your Whit Merrifield AL MVP pick going? That's a good question. Um, I don't think it's going as well as I had, I had hoped. Um, what is he hitting right now? He's hitting 293, so it's not that bad. He's Yeah, yeah. he's at 293, but – you know, I bet it'll go to Mike Trout in the end of the day. I don't know why I didn't. I should have just picked Mike Trout. I mean, there's a ton of guys in AL right now. Aaron Judge is, is still. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Judge year. with nine home runs already. It's it's pretty insane what he's doing. And there's a – I have another hot hitter on this list that I want to talk about, and you might not have heard from before, and I wouldn't blame you. His name is Donovan Solano. Second highest average in the league. Donovan I mean. Solano, the second baseman, the starting second baseman for the San Francisco Giants, is on a – 14 game hit streak right now. He's hitting 458, and I've never heard of him before in my life. And he is on, he's, 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 he's going crazy. And everybody's like, who is this guy? Why is he doing so well? Nobody knows. 
Nobody knows where he came from. It's kind, of, it's kind of like the entire Orioles team. Like, nobody knows yeah. what's going on. Like, why, why are we doing well? <laughs> yeah, it looks like, uh, looks like Solano's not much of a power hitter, only one home no. run on the year. But he's just getting he's it. He's putting the ball in play, man. Yeah, I mean, good for him. And last year, we had more 100-loss teams than usual. There were three. The Orioles, the Tigers, and the Marlins. This year, those teams... <laughs> Are all above 500 already? I mean, it's the pretty Marlins incredible. The Marlins are 84. The Marlins, the Marlins are like 84. I don't. I don't, apparently well, they I were think, seven and one. So there's. Yeah, I, I, like, like, I don't know, but like, are the Orioles that good? They're nine and seven. I mean, they're beating good teams. That's the thing. Teams, yeah, I think I mean, these bad teams have a. They realize it's a 60 game season. And they're all like, we actually like have a chance, and they have some sort of energy around them that you know, the Red Sox aren't going to have because Red Sox are in the, or the Yankees or the Cubs or these teams that are always historically pretty good. They're like, you know, we're just going to go about our business, do, do what we do and win some ball games. And the Orioles were like, hold on a second. We only got to win 30 games, get in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, the Orioles are on, if the uh, Nationals grounds crew didn't screw up their tarp um, <laughs> the ninth, the uh, Orioles would probably be 10 and seven right now. So Pretty impressive stuff, but tonight, pretty interesting matchup. Former Oriole Jake Arietta coming to pitch against the uh, the O's in Citizens Bank. Taylor, any thoughts on that? If I was a betting man, I'd take the Phillies line so hard in this game. It's minus two hundred. Like they they're still they're below five hundred. They're losing to the O's, and they're still very much favored. So the Phillies bullpen has been historically bad, and I mean historically bad. They have a 10 ERA right now, a 10. That is three runs worse than any other team in baseball. So it doesn't matter how good Arietta can do. Unless he can last to the ninth, it's no guarantee that uh, the Phillies win this game. But when you have a guy like Eshelman coming out against the Phillies lineup, which is very good, like I, I know they may not be doing great, but they've got Harper. they got guys like Harper, Hoskins, who's not playing great. JT Bermudo, McCutcheon, um, you know, you got a lot of guys in this lineup, and you saw Wade LeBlanc get lit up last night, and Hyde had to go into the bullpen early. I'd be only looking. It's hitting well also. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're not not a bad team. They just have a bad record, and they're getting kind of unlucky. You know, Gene Segura not getting that fly ball or that pop-up. But, I mean, I, I'd got to say the Phillies are going to win this one, and they're going to win it big because I know their fans are pissed. Everybody's pissed in their team, so they're going to be looking for revenge in this one. I want to bring up another formal, former Orioles pitcher in Dylan Bundy. Oh, he's because a great Dylan Bundy, Here's Dylan Bundy's last three starts with, with the Angels. This was against the Mariners. He went six innings, four hits, three runs. Against the Mariners again a week later, nine innings, Four hits, one run. He get he and then against game. Oakland, wow. who is right now one of the best teams in the MLB, if not the best team in the MLB. He went seven innings, four hits, no runs, and he's got a one five seven ERA. And this is not the Dylan Bundy that I'm used to seeing give up four hundred foot home runs to everybody. I mean, what are your thoughts on Orioles fans letting letting him go? And well, I mean, it's I, just a classic Orioles move. Like I remember back in 2017, <laughs> and like early 2018 before we were like really really bad although we were bad for a while that year um you know Bundy was was kind of the ace he was the the Chris Tillman of the early decade he was quite good yeah he would go like seven one earned uh, sometimes um and so I'm not like super surprised to see it but uh you know it's just 
kind of classic O's to give away some great players like Jake Arrieta, you know, through and Mike Yastrzemski. I didn't know the order. Oh uh, yeah, no, he, yeah, Mike Yastrzemski. And now he's making a push for NL MVP. Yeah, I, you know, Angels are still seven and twelve. Yeah, I, I understand it. If, if I'm the Orioles, if I'm Dylan got off to a really slow start and they needed him to be good, and Shohei is probably shut down for the year pitching. Yeah, he's still like they're still playing him at DH. He's but, still like, DHing, but he's probably done pitching. He's having some more arm issues, which sucks to see because he's a super super talented. Probably got the most potential anybody anybody in the league right now. But back to your point about Bundy, I think it it was it was the best move the Orioles could have made with him. I mean, he was god awful with the team. I mean, maybe he's got a little spark into him, but. Last year, he was just so bad. He would give up like five home runs a game, it felt like. And, you know, I'm glad to see him do well. I've been a big Bundy fan my entire, his entire career. But, you know, it, it's, it's tough. But, you know, guys like Arietta, Ostromsky, it happens. I mean, it'll happen. Was it a trade? Did they trade Bundy? We traded Bundy, yes. I think so. What I think so. Actually, I'm not sure because he could have. He could have ran out on a contract. Not sure, though. But a team that we can talk about is the Cubs. The Cubs are on fire right now for, like, a lot of reasons. They've got great starting pitching. Their lineup is hitting extremely well. I know Cubs fans are very happy. Their best start since 1970. Yeah, so. Brizzo, Brizzo. Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant, I think, both hit homers yesterday, the other day. They're looking good. I think, didn't, I think Baez got off to a little bit of a, of a slow start. Um, but he's starting to heat up again. The Cardinals <laughs> have only played five games. <laughs> yeah, the Cardinals. I don't know. I don't. I don't understand how. Like, are second in second place in the NL Central, and they have played five games while the Cubs have played fifteen. It doesn't. It, when do they get back? When? When? I think they, they get back Friday. Okay. These teams like vote they're, if you want to play them or not. They're playing like, like seven games in like four or five days. They're so. going to have to squeeze in a mm-hmm. ton of games into a short yeah. time. Is everyone going to be able to play 60? Is that the – I mean, I, you kind of have to. You kind of have to. The Cardinals finish, what, 15-3. and three. You know, they can't – you can't put them in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, You're right. You can't I – mean, you, you'll have to – this is a question. I was watching Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer posts a lot of vlogs on, on his YouTube channel. He was like, how do we, how do, we do this if, if – half the teams play 60 games other teams play 54 games you know how do we do we do we go by win percentage we can't go by record at that point because it doesn't make any sense if they don't play every game so that's that's going to be a whole you know i'm sorry going back to the cubs who actually are dominating amid this you know coronavirus uncertainty like this lineup javier baez rizzo Contreras, schwarber chris bryant hap hayward and kipnis like that's that's hot. I mean, that's, Having, that's hot bats. I mean, Schwarber has had his struggles um, in the past few years, but having that DH spot be available in the National League is yep. huge for him. It is huge for him, and it's huge for the Cubs because he doesn't have to worry about – he's not the best defensive player out there, and he knows it, and the Cubs know it, so he doesn't have to worry about going out there. Now that he can just DH every game and still have a good bat in the lineup. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. – yeah, Ted. You, Hendricks, Lester, you, Darvish, solid lineup. And yeah, they're, 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 they're doing well. I mean, the NL, it, it seems like the NL is, you know, actually weaker than the L this year. I don't know if that's just going off of record. Um, 
it, it it is going off record because you have teams like the Orioles beating like the Nationals and Phillies somehow. Um, but going back to the AL East, Owen, what is going on with the last place team, six and twelve Red Sox? So there's quite a few things going on with the six and twelve Red Sox right now. Um, just lost Ben Intendi, heartbreaking loss. He's hitting about. I think he got back over a hundred that one game where he went like two for three. Um, but he fell down in between the bases and strained some sort of something with his rib cage. So he's gone. Uh, Bogarts again is really the only person <laughs> he's tried so hard to hold the team together. Martinez got his first couple home- Martinez did a grand slam yesterday, but he's got his first couple homers of the season. Um, it's, it's the pitching is really the main problem. And it's pretty obvious when your starter gives up seven runs before being pulled. Um, Renneke, Every single Red Sox fan wants Renicky fired. I think we're just stalling so we can get Cora back next year. I hope, I hope and pray that we're stalling just so we can get Cora back next year after his suspension is up because Cora has a emotional connection with these players. Like Rafi Devers is a is a twenty one, twenty two year old um, future prospect, and Cora really had like an emotional connection with him, and they were like good friends. Renicky, I don't even know if he knows half the players' names. I mean, if you look at Renicky during the broadcast, he's just lifeless sitting there on the bench. He never does – he really never does anything. So there's a lot of things going wrong, just to sum it up. Um, Mitch Moreland, for some reason, isn't in the lineup every day, and I, I'll never understand it. But, yeah, I, I chalk most of it up to Renicky. And, uh, Owen, I think, uh, you know, one of the interesting things about the AL East is that – the Rays and Orioles are currently the two teams, uh, you know, that hold the AL wildcard slots. I guess the Orioles right now are technically tied with the Tigers, but the Orioles have the uh, – the Eight teams make it, Todd. Yeah. Um, I know, but, like, I'm saying if this were, you know, a regular mm, – Right, this season. So, it's – you know, maybe it's not a fluke. Who knows? But it's just good to see the uh, the O's over the Red Sox. I feel like every year that the O's are good, the Red Sox are bad. You know, 20 – 12 through yeah. 14, 14, 15, uh, the Sandoval yeah. era. Yeah. So, and I mean, how much, how much hope do you have for next year, Owen, if you have a 162 game season, healthy Chris Sale? And, uh, how much hope? Well, if we have a healthy, if we have a healthy Chris Sale, we have a healthy Erod, we have a healthy Evaldi, that's a good, they've got a seriously like good rotation. And then the lineup, you got to extend. You got to sign Rafi long term, and you got to you got to <laughs> you have to sign JD Martinez. You cannot let Mookie and JD go in the same year. You've got to sign those two. Um, you got to sign Erod too. But I, I I think they'll be a pretty good team next year if they if those guys are all healthy. Um, they still have a pretty decent back end. They have a good closer. Like Brandon Workman's a, had a one nine ERA last year. He just hasn't had very many opportunities to play this year because they've lost every game. Um, I've seen him pitch like twice this season. But, yeah, I have – you know, I think they'll be pretty good next year. I don't think they'll be great, but I think they'll be pretty good. Um, Ted, the Orioles have a lot of prospects right on that kind of edge of coming up. We've got Ryan Mountcastle. We saw him bring up a can a couple of days ago. Do you think we'll see guys, you know, like – uh, Valenka or Velasquez sent down to the minors so we can bring the bring those guys up. I mean, it's tough 
because like you want to develop the talent, Kirstad, you know, Adley and the boys, but at the same time, I like do you, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type of thing. Maybe it's like the, the guys are hitting well as it is and maybe you don't want to change it. I mean, Brendan Hyde is doing a good and bad job. Like it's nice to see him actually allow players to steal bases. Unlike Buck Walter, who I, I don't think I ever saw an Oriole steal a base. Um, but at the same time, like his handling of the last two bullpens was pretty weird. Um, and uh, like towards the end of the game, he just wouldn't bring in the like matchups with like left-handers. So um, you can't really do that now. Yeah, the three batter minimum. Um, no, but it, it was it, it the game on Tuesday particularly worked out that like uh, Lakens or someone could come in and, and save the day, but he like wouldn't do it for some reason. I don't know, just a lot of Brendan Hyde. But uh, regardless, I mean, in a 60-game season, yeah, maybe, maybe bring up some guys. I don't know. Again, I think, I, think the, I think they would probably wait to bring up Adley um, until next year when you got fans, tracks and fans. Because yes. that's, that's what the Orioles need right now. They need fans and they need money. And Adley is the guy that's going to bring that. The fans, the fans, I'm telling you, they have the fans. They just don't show up. You know, when when the play, when playoff time comes, when they're good, they come to the stadium. When times are bad and you're losing 100 games a season. But Adley's also going to bring a ton of media attention. Like, when was the last time you saw the Orioles on SportsCenter? Yes, so so MLB oh. has posted one Orioles post all year. Yeah. And I think it was, they don't uh, do it. But if you bring up Adley, Adley hits a home run. That's going to be all over the place. Every that's true. That's kind of like the Ravens were that way for a long time. Um, in the way where, you know, we had Flacco, we kind of had, we, we didn't have any really superstars, but once we got Lamar, it was kind of, it was just yeah. way too much posting of Lamar. <laughs> and even, even from a rate coming from a Ravens fan, just over posting of Lamar. I mean, I know he's great, but they just post him a lot. So, yeah. And I have a, another division that I want to talk about really quickly. The American League Central. So everybody thought the Twins were going to win it, and they're winning it. Twelve, they're twelve and seven. They're a very good baseball team. But every team after that, you got the Tigers somehow in second at nine and seven. You've got the White Sox third, ten and nine. You've got the Indians tied for third, ten and nine, and then you have the Royals eight and eleven. Every team in that division is winning baseball games, and that's not at all like people expected. Twins, Indians. It was going to be the Twins were going to win the division. Indians were going to come in second, and then maybe the White Sox would squeak in somehow. With you know all the, all the Sox young. free agents that they signed, but I mean the twins. The twins, to be fair, started ten and two, so they're on like a you know okay yeah. recently. Um, actually, yeah, all the teams um, in the division are like not really hot or playing. They're all five and five in their last ten, so yeah. <laughs> pretty weird. Um, but oh, um, were you were you trying to make a point? Like uh, the twins are the best team in the division. Oh yeah, the twins. The, the twins are really the only team that I see that can give the Yankees a run for their money in the American League. Um, These are pretty good. Huh? These are pretty good. I mean. No, yeah, that was the other team I was going to say. Maybe, uh, maybe the Athletics. I just yeah. think the Yankees are going to overpower them with their big, scary Bronx. I mean, never forget about the Rays. I mean, because they've got the pitching to do The it. Rays were the team that was supposed to compete with them for the AL East, but they're. They're, they're doing that. They're, they're, they're one and a half back. I mean, they lost. Yeah, they got they, swept they by the Orioles, but since then they've won well, five straight. They pitched a great game last night against the Red Sox, which isn't that hard to do, but still. Um, they just needed some of their starters to get hot, and they're starting to get hot. 
so yeah, I mean, the Twins and the Rays, I'd say, are the two biggest, the biggest competition um, for the Yankees in the American League. You know, the Dodgers and all that over there. You can, you know, that's its own thing. But in the American League, I really only see those those two guys competing with the Yankees. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Even though, as much as I love the run the Orioles are going the the Orioles will Orioles never the, the well, Orioles can beat any team right now except the Yankees they will never win what is it 19 straight losses it is uh it's 18 okay. so it's it's pretty pretty bad I mean watching them last year just get crushed by them every game after the first series was just it's just demoralizing you know we had it and then and then Sulcer comes in and just throws a meatball to Aaron Judge that he just cranks in the left field. well outside of that though Solster's been doing bad. okay. He blew another save on Tuesday night. I think yeah. the Orioles are like they're really out there every game. Like I'm seeing a lot of Solster. Brandon Hyde is very fixed on this like notion that like you know the starters obviously going to do terrible and give up a couple runs early. They'll put in like one of those long relievers like Shane Armstrong or the Lakins guys. With then Sean. you put in yeah Sean Armstrong and then Givens Castro Solster seventh eighth ninth. Which I don't mind because Givens, we are so going to trade by the trade deadline. We may even end up trading Alberto. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if they're all in or all out. No. We'll see. Yep. Is that it? Is that all we got? That's, that's, that's a good episode. All right. Well, this was, ep- more, what, was this episode eight, seven or eight. I don't know. But, I think it's episode um, seven. Episode seven. Follow us on Instagram at the changeup pod. Uh, this should be up soon. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.